Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Nice to be with you, sir. Yes, well, good to be with you always, Dwayne. It's awesome to see you. How's the weather by you? Nicer, cold, or still cold? Uh, rainy and crappy, but but that's okay. I usually don't get affected by the weather, but uh, sometimes when I'm feeling a little down, I dress up even more, so, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting, right? Like how just changing little tiny things about what we do could make a diff- all the difference in the world, right? Absolutely. And, and it's funny because sometimes I'll just dress up, dress up because I like to dress up. And my uh, staff will go, oh, are you feeling down today? <laughs> oh, really? Cause, yeah, because I told them. I said, listen, the, the key to getting out of any funk is to dress up. So You, you already got a comment from um, Dwayne. Uh, I mean, not Dwayne, from, um, from uh, Brett Dunlap. He said, yeah, nice jacket, Dwayne. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you ever watch Seinfeld and Se- Jerry Seinfeld when they were wearing sweatpants and sweat sweatsuits and these, like, you just pretty much have given up in, on Life Avenue when you wear that in public and you just don't care about what you look like or, you know, that it was a pretty funny episode about how, how that made a difference in everything that they did. That's funny. No, I, you know what? I never really watched Seinfeld. I kind of wish I would have now, but I never did. Well, you still have it on any kind of pay-per-view. You could get back and watch it. The greatest thing about Netflix and, and Hulu and all of that, and uh, you could binge watch as many as you'd like. That's true. That is true. So, you know, yeah, it's so funny, awesome. though, because now I've, I have gone back and seen some of the episodes, and it just, it, it unfortunately seems dated a little bit. Yeah, it definitely does, though. There's no doubt. But so does everything. Other than Friends, we still, Nicole and I still watch Friends continuously. Like, sometimes six, seven episodes in a row on, like, a Saturday afternoon we had nothing to do. And it's just a funny show. Like, just so silly. I, I'm, you, a, I'm, a, I'm a Golden Girls person, so I watch Golden oh, yeah, Girls you, every t- you, Almost every night to go to sleep, I'll watch an episode. You've told me that before. And I remember that show. I remember when I first started my school and I'd come home and eat dinner at 10.30 at night, um, eat dinner while I was in bed, put the plate to the side, and go to sleep. That was my schedule, right? And it was um, uh, Cheers and Golden Girls and one other show. I forget what it was, those three shows in a row that I would watch over and over again. My family <laughs> got me this game, this Golden Girls game here. That's, that, that's uh, funny. We, any way you slice it uh, for Golden Girls. So uh, I, I, we haven't played it yet, but yeah. Awesome. Uh, Ace Ramirez just wrote, are you Joey, Ross, or Chandler? If it were me, I would say I'm more like, um, I'd probably be more Joey. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Ace, uh, I I know we need to catch up, um, but I was going to ask you, Ace, uh, how is your – How's your knee doing? I know that you had uh, hurt your knee and went in to saw, see the doctor. So, uh, And uh, do me a favor, uh, text me, Ace, so that we can set up a time to get on the phone together, by the way, now that you're uh, – hopefully you're feeling better. But um, Yeah. Well, uh, uh, today uh, I, I'm uh, jazzed about our topic. Uh, not that we don't want to keep uh, rambling on, but I'm jazzed about our topic because what we decided to talk about today is uh, why martial arts is the best profession to be yeah. in. So uh, um, I, I'm jazzed about it. Obviously, you know, we both, and, and I would think the majority of people that are on this uh, podcast and listening to us uh, live or and or the recording, but they, they believe that. Uh, they believe that right. they've chosen the best profession. Now, that's not to say that sometimes we don't have, uh, you know, some emotional things that happen to us where we go, oh, my gosh, why did I choose to do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I think that's in any business, don't you, Allie? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, there's always going to be ups and downs, right? And and it's kind of weird, you know, just so the listeners could to understand, like you and I will think of different topics, right? And we'll we'll say, hey, we should talk about this. And it it may be something that's going on in our lives at the moment, where a struggle we're having with a staff member or a parent or good things or bad things or what we're focused on. So um, I just yesterday posted on my school Facebook page at how grateful I was just to be able to do what I'm doing, right? So, and it's weird how now this morning you're like, hey, let's let's chat about this. I'm like, great topic, you know, why we're in the best profession ever because it is. It is amazing that we can shape lives, change lives, help people, and um, and basically on our own terms to some extent where yep. um, we, ma- we make the rules and, and we don't have to follow any kind of, you know, I don't know, curriculum or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's part of what – it's like – the living embodiment of our lives and, and what we pr- practice and preach, right? Absolutely. You know, the other thing is, uh, I laughingly or jokingly say this, is, you know, I'm in the only profession that has you know, hand movements and sound effects when right. somebody asks you about them. So, you know, for instance, uh, uh, you know, somebody says, how's that karate thing going? Of course, they do the karate chop hand yeah. uh, thing, yeah. right? You know, or they'll say, uh, you know, how's that Whoa stuff right. around where they make the the Bruce Lee howl, you know, type thing. And, yep. and and I cannot think of any other profession that has hand movements and sound effects to describe it. Right. Can you? No, I can't. I, don't, I couldn't imagine the Starbucks girl, someone asking, hey, how's that Starbucks uh, job doing and making the sound of making one of those uh, frothy cappuccinos, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, you're right, though. It, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I never – would you have ever thought in your lifetime that – I mean, I never, like, I did martial arts since I'm a kid, and then I started teaching when I was young, but never in my life did I feel like I would ever, I could never imagine where I'm at right now. I'll give you an example. The last few days, I had people that um, signed their kids up for a trial class, right? And when I see them, I'm like, oh, great, you know, how'd you hear about us? She's like, I was your student, one of the ladies. I signed them up. Her little kid is three and a half years old. Um, I signed them up in our program just on Monday. And I'm like, how'd you hear about it? She goes, well, Sensei, I was your student when I was three, and so was my brother. She's like in her 30s now, whatever it is. Like, and I mean, I started 28 years ago, so it's possible, right? She's 34 years old with a kid of her own, and she was my student at three years old. And just yesterday, I had someone call me and say, hey, I was. What, what do you guys teach there still? And I'm like, still, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, I was your student when I was five, and I have an eight-year-old now, and I want to know if you're still teaching. The way. And I'm, I'm like, what's your name? He told me, I remembered him. And then I'm like, oh, my God, how are you? He's like, oh, is this Sensei Ali? You know, like, because you could tell what era they train with me by my title, Sensei, Renshi, Kyoshi, Shihan, you know. And it's just amazing that you had an impact. And quite often, sadly, though, we don't know how much of an impact we had. Absolutely, um, right. But but at the same time, though, uh, if you're doing the right thing, you you have a great impact. And you have such great power, like that Spider-Man line, right? With the great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, and you know what? We're we're one of the only professions, I think, also that has that superhero effect on especially right. kids, but even sometimes adults as well. Even though they right. know that we put our pants on the same way that they do, um, there is a facade that we have everything together. Now, of course, we don't have everything together in, in, in all aspects of our lives, but there there's always there's already this perceived. Um, Oh, gosh, superhuman, um, compassion. I mean, just so many um, uh, adjectives and adverbs that could be used to describe 
um, what people or how people see a martial artist or black yeah. belt and, and those type of things. And, and because of, or even ninja, right, for you, um, yeah. you know, some of those things are just so innate into our culture, the, uh, uh, the DNA of our culture that we don't even have to do a lot of work to uh, create those things in their mind's eyes. Now, right. sometimes we have to downplay some of those things. You know, yeah, can I rip – well, I can't. But, you know, can I rip your head off? Yeah, but I'm such a kind and compassionate person that I would never do that. Right, right, You know, right, that, right. That, type, that, that type of thing. So um, there's so many um, opportunities, I would say, that we as martial artists have – you know, we are we, we, we teach people how to defend themselves. Number one, straight up, we teach people how to defend themselves. Right. But it's not just physical self defense sometimes that we teach, right? Because uh-huh. it's it's emotional self defense that we teach sometimes. And do we right. teach physical fitness? Absolutely we teach physical fitness. Do we help with self esteem? Undoubtedly we help with self esteem. You know, so there are so many uh uh things that, that martial arts can do the profession of martial arts can do even more so than than i would say and of course i'm biased when i say this i think you're going to be biased when you agree with me if you agree with me um but that 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 really almost no other sport i believe can match it how about you no you're right though and and it's like it's funny because um and by the way with that with the, what you said before, with what people envision us or see us as, sometimes that could be a downside as well. Um, and and I'll, I'll just give you an example in a second. But I do agree with you, though, that, you know, there is no other activity, I believe, in the world that has this tentacle, octopus tentacle type of, you know, multiple arm effect where it reaches out. So, like, you, for example, I was telling the parent the other day, one parent said, uh, well, I want to try it because my kids tried soccer, baseball, t-ball, mm-hmm. and they quit everything. And, and I said, well, number one, that's a bad thing that they quit everything. The second thing is, though, too, it's maybe that just wasn't their thing. But at the same time, the martial arts, they can excel in various different degrees in various different aspects of the martial arts. So they might be good at sparring, they not, might not be. In some schools, they might be good at grappling or kata or weapons or leadership team there's so many avenues that they could do um, and and succeed at in the martial arts versus, you know, doing a, a team sport like baseball. If you're not, not a good player, you're going to be benched or else the team suffers because of it, right? But if you're right. not a good fighter, you could still be doing the dojo and practicing and be good at kata and, and learn how to be great at kata, in fact. So there's so many other areas. And, and the other side of, um, you know, when people look at us and they look at us at uh, kind of this superhuman level, it's hard because number one, sometimes people won't approach us because they feel like, oh my God, they're, you know, they're the sensei, they're, you know, they're deadly, right? Or just like that assumption where they show the karate mm-hmm. hands and they say that I'd love to have you with me in a dark alley, right? Like oh they assume gosh, that you can yeah. kill, kill anybody, right? So, um, but I mean, I remember once I was in a movie theater many, many, many years ago and I could hear a whisper from 10 rows behind before the movie started. Oh my God. He's eating Twizzlers. Now, I don't eat Twizzlers any longer because I'm vegan. We were talking 20-something years ago, like he's eating Twizzlers. And I turn around and some of my students, that, like almost as if they, they thought I'd have a bowl of boiling hot rice with chopsticks, you know, like in the movie The Last Dragon right. with Timok, right? Um, so it, it's so silly how people see us. And then sometimes they hold us to a standard at times that's almost impossible to live up to. Like I sometimes crack jokes and – 
if people are on the fence about you, they might think like if I'm being sarcastic, then I'm being mean. Like, oh my God, I can't believe he just said that. When I'm like, I'm just joking. You're allowed to joke. Can I joke back? You know that kind of thing. Um, so it sometimes go, goes against us, but it, but it is it is amazing what we have. Certainly, uh, I don't know that I have that joking problem because uh, that's about all I do. So I don't, I'm not oh, concerned about good. that. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because we'll greet. A, I'll greet a kid, and the first time I'll meet them, I'll say, "Hey, what's your name?" And you know, my name is Johnny. And Johnny, how old are you? Oh, I'm seven years old. And I'll just say, you know, have you always been seven, or just or just this year? Right. And they'll kind of look at me, and they don't know how to respond to that. And I'll say, "Well, when was your birthday?" You know, and they say. Uh, uh, October, and let's say, you know, today, you know, this is March, uh, and I, and, and, uh, so they'll, they'll, I'll go, so you, you were seven last year, and you're seven this year, right? And I'll say, yeah. I said, how in the world have you been seven for two years? <laughs> you know, so, you know, I just yeah. kind of joke around like that. You know, exactly. I mean, there's other things that I do, but, but, so I, I don't know that I have that, um, I, I think mine is the exact opposite. So when I switch okay. on and I get serious, they're like, whoa. You know, right. I don't even mean the, the, the parents necessarily. I think the kids. Uh, so I might have the exact because I am kind of goofy. And then I switch yeah. into my serious mode and I'm like, ooh, I better straighten up. And what's right, you right, know, right. that type of thing. But but it, yeah, is, there, it is so neat. Go ahead. No, I was going to say there's a fine line between being serious and goofy and keep having them toe the line. Students, especially younger kids, toe the line and be good, but having a fun time without being goofy where they're bouncing off the walls, falling on the floor, you know, doing crazy stuff, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I like, uh, I, I always kind of um, try to use this as, you know, Zig Ziglar always used to say that, you know, about every, uh, you know, seven to nine minutes, I got to throw a funny in to make sure that they're still listening. Right, right. You know, yeah. and that's what I kind of try to do when I teach is I got to throw a funny in to make sure that they're still listening. And not not just the students, the parents. I want to do yeah. it so the parents turn around and they go, oh, what did he just say? Everybody's laughing. What did yeah, I miss? Exactly, you know? yeah. And sometimes get them the off parents, their cell phone. Yeah, you get the joke, right, and you send it out to the parents. Not necessarily the kids are going to get it, but the parents are going to laugh hysterical. Oh, yeah, my, so. my jokes are so Disney-oriented, and, and so what do I mean? They're multifaceted. I, I, I say the joke at this level, and the kids are getting it at this level, obviously, but then there's a higher level that the parents are getting it at as well. Right. You right. know, But I can't think of any other – any other uh, profession that allows us to, um, you know, influence the people that we influence, have the status in our community, especially if we're doing things right, have the status right. in our community, um, and, 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 and have fun doing it. I mean, who goes to work barefoot in their pajamas every single day, right? Yeah, right. Well, I don't because I wear tabby, so. <laughs> okay, all right. But you're still in your pajamas. You just happen to have footy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, I'm in my. I should make a footie, like a whole onesie, like a onesie outfit. Like, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. I I do believe that. Um, like the other day, I had a kid. I mean, it, I I my my daughter was home from college. Kiara, she would often come to class and teach with me, and then we would like look at each other, and then like all night and for the rest of the week, just laugh at certain comments that these kids say. I mean, it's beyond hysterical at times like I the other day my dojo has a big heater and the heater blows a lot of air and it makes noise so it's loud right and then I had the music playing so this kid he's like a, a youth he's probably like 10 and um he said to he said something to me in a whisper and I'm like I can't hear you and he did it again and, the, and his mouth was moving but I couldn't hear him and then finally I'm like dude I can't hear you, you got to speak up he says I don't want to speak too loud because when I do I curse like a truck driver I'm like <laughs> 
And one of my one of my black belt adults was there, and he's like, "What did he say?" And we were like, "It's hysterical to hear the stuff that comes out of these kids' mouths, right?" And it's just funny. I mean, I I am definitely living the dream lately. I've been so enjoying, and I say lately. I mean, I've always, but I mean, I went through a, a, a dark space, you know, where um, and not even dark, but I, you know, I was kind of like had bad energy and people in the school that I wasn't getting along with that trained with me and blah blah blah. But I'm back into, like, just being appreciative of being allowed to live this life that I live where I I can make something up, you know, an idea, host a seminar, make a flyer, um, and, uh, you know, and, and then have parents be like, oh, yeah, let's do it, you know. And then you, you're literally printing money um, on your own because you don't, you know, it's like you're printing money because you come up with an idea and people are signing up for it and doing it. And they're loving it, and I'm loving it, and having a fun time at it. And everyone's happy and positive. I mean, it's just a great thing. Axe throwing. Who would have thought? I saw that because I know you just did an axe throwing seminar. Yeah, I crazy. just saw that on um, – I was watching the Food Channel, and uh-huh. there was something on the Food Channel where they they had went to uh, – they were trying this these, these different beers and these different right. burgers or barbecue or whatever – but part of it was there was an axe throwing thing that they're like, oh, let's go and do it. And, yeah. and uh, I, there's places, and I I want to say it was in New York or it was in Philadelphia. Well, there's or something there's, like there's that. one there's one in New York, but there there's a big group. It started off with one place in Canada, and now they have twelve franchisees in Canada. And they just had one of the Vin Diesel movies. I don't remember not one the recent one that they did where they did the movie preview and party at the axe throwing place. So there's videos of Vin Diesel and all the crew throwing axes and, and so on. So, and part of my art is axe throwing. The, the weird thing was, is like, you know, telling parents about it because sometimes they're like, you know, they don't see us as a ninja art where we do blowgun. And in fact, this month we're doing blowgun seminar. Um, and everyone's already purchasing all their blowguns. But, um, so I, it was funny, like, to hear this in my mind, I'm almost like inside having an internal cringe because mom's walking out. She's like, Hey, Madison, grab your bow staff, grab your sigh, grab your bag and your sparring gear and your axe. And I'm like, just to hear that, if someone from the outside heard that, they'd be like, what, what, an, what, like, you know, that kind right. of thing. Right. So yeah, funny, but if they but, would have said, hey, get you and your axe over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or get your axe over here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's just interesting at how, you know, we are able to do that and, you know, I just sadly though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down a dark path for a second, but I'm gonna no uh, one of my friends no just quickly, but it's gonna help us out, right? So, um, one of my friends just emailed me this website, and this website was on um, must have been put together by a parent who uh, had a bad experience where their kid was molested, right? So this website is totally 100% dedicated to people who've gotten arrested for pedophilia, child molestation in the martial art industry. There's like 600 different cases of people who went. And then the, the rest of the website is like other negative stuff about martial arts, you know, brainwashing, kids getting hurt, bowing to false idols, and all this bad stuff, right? So let's say a parent is like researching and they stumble upon this. They're probably going to get a really bad taste for martial arts. But I, right. I'm thinking about, you know, yeah, that happens. And there's so many, and there's things that are just, you know, sometimes with the wrong people doing the wrong thing. But I I was thinking as I'm reading this site, but what are, about all the good things that happen? Like, like it's amazing at how many people it could affect their lives in such a positive way um, in, in so many different areas, right? You know, like so many different ways it could help them become a better version of them 
through the vessel of martial arts, right? So it's just, that's the incredible part. And I wish more people understood that because when a parent says, oh, my kid wants to quit, if they really believed wholeheartedly in all the things that they could get in the future, they'd probably say, no, Johnny, I don't think it's a good idea. We're going to keep you going, right? Like, in right. That, you know, so uh, I wish there was more understanding of really how much this does for people. Yeah. And, you know, this is a business that is um, it's a personality and a personal and a tactile business you know in as much as we can automate a lot of things nowadays you cannot automate the human relationship that you have with those individuals and i think right. that's one of the, the one of the best things about um you know owning a martial arts school is like so for instance my program director was sick or excuse me she wasn't sick her daughter was sick on monday and so i filled in i did the programming director spot on monday night we had two enrollment conferences. I sat down with both of them. Um, it was beautiful. It, right. it was beautiful. It was wonderful to be able to, because I don't do that yeah. anymore. And so yeah. it was wonderful to be able to sit down and connect with them, talk with them, um, like I used to do. And, yeah. and just that whole relationship and finding out from, you know, how they heard about us and what they're wanting to get out of a martial arts program. And, you know, one of the, one of the parents was like, you know, um, she she herself is half half Japanese, oh, so her kid great. is quarter quarter Japanese, and she was taking some video now. So her mom is one hundred percent Japanese, um, wow, and her dad is uh, uh, American, wow. So that's why she's half Japanese. Well, she took a video, and her little. Um, uh, three and four year old. I, I think he's four. Yeah, her little four year old. You know, he's bowing, and and she goes. Wow. And so she sent the video off to her mom, and her mom was like, "Oh yeah, he's Japanese. Look at that bow." You know. Yeah, and yeah, that's she, great. And then the grandma's like saying, um, "You know, there, there's there, basically there's no way that this kid is quitting." You yeah. know, type thing. And he just started. And you know, yeah. and I'm talking with the mom, bouncing some things off of her, and you know why, and that. It was just beautiful. And you don't get that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some professions that you get to get personal with individuals. Um, right. But I don't, know, I don't know of that many that you get that length of time with. You know, right. even in gymnastics, there's a certain length of time, just like karate, I get that, or martial arts, there's a certain length of time that those individuals leave. But I don't know that everybody or anybody looks at gymnastics as a way of life. Like right. you can with the profession of martial arts, whether they end up, uh, uh, you know, doing martial arts the rest of their life or not, martial arts is a way of life. It's a, it's a lens that they can put on to be able to look through and how they're going to deal with certain situations in life. And those character lessons aren't in any other sports. Now, yeah. can you get, pick up some character development lessons from other sports? Certainly. Can you learn how to be a good team player and can you learn how to be a good loser and a good winner and yeah. all those? Absolutely. But we as martial artists, uh, especially nowadays even more, have done so much more in the character development realm. And yeah. even with, with um, you know, like uh, with, when Melody Schumann came out with her kid skills and Don Barnes came out with her program, just – all of the work that's do been done in the area of development for kids, right. whether it's character or whether it's physically right. and socially and emotionally, I believe we are light years 
ahead of any other sport in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I agree 100%. And I even could go one step deeper and further on that too, where like if you're in a traditional martial arts school, um, and you teach classical like lessons of the martial arts. And what I mean by that is like, um, I guess, I guess it could be, you can extract the, the traditions that, that word out there, but it's more like about, um, pro- protocol of the martial arts etiquette of the martial arts, proper behavior and treatment of your sensei, your, um, you know, you, you know, which could also be your parents, which could be your, um, you know, your grandparents, it could be your school teachers, right? It, it, it's so much more where ki- kids or, you know, young adults or even adults are learning things that are no longer taught in our society. You know, we live in, and I wrote an article on a thing called Giri, G-I-R-I, and Giri is like loyalty to your teacher, right? And rather than going into the article and all that, but um, Stephen Hayes, world-renowned ninja instructor, he wrote, it's sometimes our society is more of a gimme than Giri. Right. And I love that. And I actually titled that my I asked him if I could steal that and use it because I um, I wanted to use that in my article, because like everybody's like, what's in it for me? You know, why should I bow? You know, what? Sh- why should I you know, clean the dojo? Why should I be thankful? Like and, and that old mentality of like, you know, being being happy about serving the serve, you know, service before self, the servitude attitude. Um, a lot of that, those lessons are no, they're not in anything really, if you think about it, other than maybe a household, a family where a kid does chores because the mom needs help or, you know, or he does his chores to get an allowance. Like, but where is that? Think about it. In baseball, it's not there. You know, it's not there in any other sport. It's not there in music. It's not there in anything really, right? Where you give back and you learn to give back as part of the lesson structure, right? And, um, yeah, I think that that's where the traditional martial arts, or for me, like how we bow, how we pay respect to our weapons, how we pay respect to our instructors. Um, and it's not bowing before a false idol, you know, or bowing, bowing to some fictitious god. It's more like just the way we show respect by the depth of our bow, the way we, like I had a kid walk by me the other day and I'm like, hey, buddy, he's like, hey, hey, she, like, I'm like, no, stop, come back, you know face me, bow, say, hey, Shion, look me in the eyes, you know, show proper respect. And uh, the parents like, yeah, you know, like, you know, they, they get it, but, you know, you have to teach it. And it's being lost and watered down and, and stopped yeah. in many martial arts schools. It's sad. Yeah. And, you know, just even sir and ma'am. I mean, come on, right? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And and there's no other sport that does that. There's no other sport that, that makes sure that, the, you know, uh, that the participants in the sport are learning those uh let's call them niceties right Right. the polite greeting (laughs) just even being able to shake a hand and those type of things are are humongous i can't tell how many times we get compliments on uh when we teach the polite greeting and parents going oh my gosh i you know i I know it's so important and i can't believe that that you know i didn't even teach my kid how to shake a hand before and now you guys are doing well that's what we're here for yeah type of thing yeah, that's so – and, again, it goes back to, like, wow, we're able to do this. How cool is it that we, we as instructors are able to take this – and I want to say this ancient uh, type of mentality or concept or mindset and keep it moving forward, right? You know, like, keep teaching the ancient scriptures, you know, like – 
you know, why are we supposed to be good people? Why, why is martial arts not just about kicking and punching, right? Like in my slogan, it's, it says Long Island in Jitsu Centers. It's not just kicking and punching. It's the martial arts and beyond. And the beyond part is what they're going to use in life, right? You know, God forbid they have to defend themselves. Yes, you know, maybe once in a blue moon and God, you know, or a mugging or something. But all the other things that they learn how to pick themselves back up after failing, if they don't get that job promotion, if they don't get, you know, if they have a breakup in a relationship or they have someone who bullies them or treats them badly, knowing that, you know, it has no value on them, you know, giving them the confidence to be able to look past that. All the things that are taken from the physical lessons that go into the mind are what really changes people's lives. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, that's really, really important. I mean, and I think, and I think also too, I don't know if you agree, but I I love MMA. I have a lot of good friends are MMA champions. And, um, however, I think that the, just the fighting aspect of it, even when they have good sportsmanship, the thrill of just fighting sometimes and winning and hurting the opponent sometimes goes against, uh, you know, the concepts of what we're trying to teach. However, it is about combat. It is. It's about winning in a fight, knowing you could do it. But that's where the dilemma is. And there's some really great memes out there by old ancient martial art instructors that said, you know, like, uh, you know, about learning. It's not about learning how to fight. It's learning how to heal. It's, it's learning how to avoid the fight. It's learning how to ignore the fight, like all of these different things that are said. And um, that's what really makes it so so different. That's why I wish people could see. No, I totally agree. Uh, you know, I, not that I – I was an MMA fan because some of my students were MMA fans. Right. You know, um, I, I don't watch any of it anymore. Do I mm-hmm. think it's an art in and of itself to a certain degree? Certainly. You know, yeah. can, you know, an MMA fighter beat me up? Absolutely. You know, um, but I didn't get into the martial arts to – to do that you know my personally my inspiration was i wanted to be able to share the passion that i had and the information that i had learned through the martial arts with those individuals to hopefully change their lives for the rest of their lives to give them confidence that i never had to give them uh you know the stick to it stick to itiveness that i never had this is things i don't have you know yeah Um, to to uh be able to get knocked down and get back up you know to learn how to have that grit that i never had um, and so I know what the martial arts had done for me, and I wanted right. to be able to do that. And my goal for myself was I wanted to be the best instructor, the best motivator that I could ever be. You know, do I want to be able to be proficient in the martial arts? Absolutely, I want to be able to. But my goal personally was never to be able to the, be the top martial artist. Um, maybe part of that was I didn't see myself being able to do that. Right. The other The other part was that, that wasn't my passion. My passion mm-hmm. was, be, was, was teaching and motivating people, um, and that's where my passion lied. So that's what I leaned heavily on when I would, and I still do when I teach. It's, it's not the, um, you know, I look at the technique as icing on the cake. I look at the self-defense yeah. maneuvers as icing on the cake. But I look at all those other things that they're, you know, uh, kids and adults are going to have to de- defend themselves uh, emotionally, socially, mentally, many more times than they're going yeah. to have to do it physically. And so if I can make them strong in that area um, or sh- the strongest they possibly can be in that area and then make them, you know, pretty good yeah. or even average yeah. as uh, someone that can defend themselves, uh, I think that they're going to fare well. 
because yeah. they're not going to step in the ring. That's not that's not what we do. They're not going to step in the ring and right. do those things, you know, to defend themselves. It's out on the street, and so the rules are different out on the street, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Not to say that we can beat an MMA fighter. That's not what I'm talking about. But our, our, our just our perception is a little bit different. You know, our viewpoint and our motivation is different, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and I have, like, you know, like some of my good buddies, like, you know, um, you know uh, Kung Lee and Frank Shamrock and, you know, Dan Severin. I mean, these are all world champion MMA fighters. And, you know, um, uh, once they've reached a certain level, I think that they start to develop, and I'm not saying these guys didn't have it from the start, but um, – because Kung has a very traditional background in Taekwondo and Korean and not Korean um, and um, Vietnamese martial arts, um, but but uh, they they are very much traditional kind of teachers. The way they teach with that philosophy, that you know history, the culture, uh, and so on. The way they approach the holistic way of, of teaching, and I think that that's the beauty of it all. I mean, I I see how. Um, by getting these calls from kids that were kids in threes and fours and five and seven and eight-year-olds now that are adults, and they're right. saying to me, like this one guy, he's like, you know, no, I, I, I remember your school very well. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, in fact, this kid is going to, a, I don't know if I mentioned this before, is going to an MMA school, not MMA, a BJJ school. And he says the only thing that, they're, that he wants him to learn from me is coming to me is how to do the stand-up portion of the fighting as well as grappling, because we do that as well. But he also, what he mentioned, which was kind of cool, was that um, he says they're not really getting those spiritual, you know, I'm holding my quote fingers up, spiritual lessons, meaning like the, you know, the be good to your family, you know, be a good person, you know, be good to the environment. Character development. Yeah, yeah, the character development that I think that is being lost, even though that they a lot of schools have it and they throw it in there and they bought the packaged program, I still think that um, without the essence of the martial arts tied into the character development, if that makes sense, if they're not she got yeah. tied together, it's 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 being lost. It certainly is. And well before I ever bought anybody's development program, all I did was, uh, you know, the information that I was learning, I was sharing with my staff. So if I was reading right. something or listening to something, that's what I shared with my staff and also the students. So, you know, yeah. uh there was probably a good 12 years that not that I wasn't into anybody else, but, but Zig Ziglar was my life, you know, type right. thing. And so anything that Zig said that I thought was uh, applicable to what I was doing, I did it as a match chat. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, anything I, that, you know, that I was reading or listening with Tony Robbins that I, I did it as a match chat, you know, right. Les Brown, I did it as a match chat. Uh, I didn't yeah. have these organized things that were written. Now I have things that are organized and written down just because. Right. Not that my staff doesn't or don't have their own experiences, but when it came to self-development, I don't know that they were, they, that I don't know that they are in or were into self-development as much as I was and still are. Right. Right, right. And so that's where I needed to put it down, what the lessons were, and what you had talked about before, interjecting myself into the lessons so that even though I am not there, this is a Mr. Brummett story. Right. This is what right. Mr. Brummett did, or this is how right. Mr. Brummett approached, you know, those type right. of things. Because we talked about how important that is. Yeah, I get to a point now where one of the kids started this, and now it's caught on, and it kind of almost makes me uh, – 
kind of frustrates me a little, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not frustrated. And where I go, okay, guys, come over here. Let's have a seat. And right at the end of the class, and I'm going to do a little story. And all the kids run over, and one or two of them yell out, story time by Sheehan, you know. And I'm like, no, don't call it that, you know. But, um, but it is, and I'll share with them the different experiences they had. And by the way, um, a lot of people have always said to me, you have such a world of experiences, you know. Like, I can't believe, uh, Ali, how many, how many stories and really cool things happened in your life and blah, blah, blah. Well, let me tell you, everyone has that. They just need to catalog their stories, right? They need to learn how to extract those lessons in a story form. Right. Um, where, you know, listen, we've all had that experience where we learned a lesson because we talked back to our mom and she, you know, she did punched us in the nose or, you know, whatever, or, or yelled at us or sent us to our room and we learned from it, right? Now we just got to learn how to retell the story um, with the end result being a lesson that could be transferred over. Um, to the students, right? I, I think that used to be called in ancient times when books were just starting to come about was called silversmiths. They would talk and tell stories and they were supposedly be able to, um, mythologically, they were able to make things come true. Um, but what they probably meant was that the stories were explained so well that the people listening, their imagination almost could envision it as a true story happening before their eyes. So, so called, no, was silversmithing or I'd have to ask my daughter what it was, um, and it was. Were you talking about a wordsmith? Wordsmith, yeah, but but it was yeah, wordsmith, but yeah, that was what it was. It was from a movie with Brendan Fraser, and he would tell stories, and they'd come to life. But I studied upon it, and it talked about how well people told stories. So we got to learn how to do that more often, where you could tie in a, a story of failure to why it's so important to fail to succeed, or or you know, explain to the kids about why it's okay not to get your belt and how long you waited or what trials and tribulations and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears you went through. And um, or again, even I wanted to quit. I, you know, like I can remember right. being a, a, a green belt with two stripes and I wanted to quit. I can remember being a right. first-degree black belt and wanting to quit. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and those are important to uh, interject. Now, the other thing is then you decide when those need to be interjected. You know, uh, for instance, if you see, and we've talked about this before, you see that you have a higher population of quits in green belt or brown belt or whatever it is, that right. you need to then put that in at the belt either before or mm -hmm. after. Right. That's where you need to be talking about, you know, your experience that you wanted to quit and about grit right. or about, you know, failing forward and, and, and those type of things. That's where those need to be placed. Because now, right. now we can, we can it, with stats and stuff, we can look at that and go, ah, oh, I can place this there and maybe that'll help. And how do I preframe the parent to uh, also, because sometimes they're not there listening to the stories, how do I preframe them? And that's right. where we can use the technology and automation for, for that portion so they can understand what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true, and it goes back to the story, you know, what we started with, the topic, you know, about, you know, us being so lucky to be able to do this and share what we do and be able to hopefully impact lives. And, and you know, listen, uh, on a selfish side, um, we, we also have great uh, – the people that we teach have great impact on our lives, Right from the comedy that we get to experience with the what kids say and things that happen to the to the times we have relationships with our students and we do things travel together do events together 
fundraisers together, whatever the case may be, um, there's so many positives out of what we do that is so, so good that, we, you know, on our end, it's really, we're lucky, you know, we're really lucky to be able to have that, right? And I think that that's so important that we forget that as well. Like, you not only are are they getting something awesome, but we're getting something awesome. And um, I'm looking down, my dog has wrapped himself in my earphones, and he's about to pull them out. Okay, all right, now I'm back. That's funny. I'm back. Um, so, you know, the other thing... So he, I was just going to quickly say the the other thing is too. I mean, I know you do this. I do this a little bit more than you. But the the, the vacations that we get, you know, when right. we close for a certain period of time, you know, uh, right. uh, like for instance, you know, uh, Christmas time. You know, I close for two weeks. I am closed for two weeks. What right? What profession gets a two week vacation? A two week paid vacation? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, this month, this month, the end of this month, I'm spring break for us. We're closed for a week. Wow. I got nothing that's going great. on there. I'm closed for a week. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, so we, we're, we're probably open 46 to 47 weeks out of a 52 week year. Right. You know, I, it's funny. I just talked about that today at breakfast with my buddies. We were talking and I mentioned you because it's so, we are lucky. Um, to be able to set our own schedule and be able to say, okay, we're going to close Veterans Day, but we won't close Valentine's Day. We'll be open. You know, like we were able to do that, which is just so amazing. Well, and I decided a long time ago, I only want to work Monday through Friday. I'm not open on Saturday and Sunday. Right, right. You know, right. now do I have birthday parties or special events that happen on those days? Yes, because I have staff that can do them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, like this Saturday, I will be there because – we uh, we have a black belt pretest, so there's there's like, you know, six Saturdays, that six eight eight Saturdays a year that I have to be there. That right, you know, and I do it. And I, to be quite honest with you, I don't have to be there for this. I have staff that can do it, right? But I choose to be there. I want to be there for that pretest, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Well, but it's funny. How many professionals get that opportunity, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, you brought something up. You said you want to be there, and isn't that interesting at how um, just yesterday, I'm like, I don't have to go in. My classes start at 4.30. My one guy, Brian, uh, who helps me run the dojo there is teaching. Um, I could go in at 4.15 and stroll in and cover the desk if I wanted to, you know, schmooze with parents. But I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go in at 3, and I just want to organize and clean and reorganize my retail and be there. Like, I actually really love going there and, and now really being a part of all of that stuff. And um, I, I think it's just so, so important for us to be, you know, to recognize that when we have that, to start to, you know, because it's very easy, by the way, to be able to, um, I don't know, sometimes think about the negative. Like, you know, oh, it's a yeah. really slow month, or I didn't get any sign-ups, or four people quit, or, you know, blah, 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 like negativity all the time, right? and. But on the other hand, we have to continually remind ourselves, like, we could be in a cubicle somewhere in some factory or some, you know, office building or for some management firm, making a decent living, yes, but at the same time, not being fulfilled, um, you know, uh, with our career choice and what we get to do. And not, like, I used to say, sometimes my instructors were like, oh, you know, it's tough. This job's a tough job. I'm like, what's tough about it? You're like, you're saying, like, Johnny, we're, and every class, everybody in class, we're going to run from that side to that side. We're doing the bear walk. We're doing the cheetah walk. We're, you know, everyone throw punches and see who could key eye louder. Like, I mean, yeah, it's stressful. You know, you get a kid who's spinning around and falling down and not listening and not standing in line. But, I mean, 
how easy it is to just really have like fun at what you do and enjoy it. Right. Well, think about it, but, but, but there's an end in sight, even with that kid that maybe isn't paying attention or whatever, they're only there for 30 minutes or they're only there for 45 minutes and then they're going to be gone. So it's not like, you know, we're a kindergarten teacher that has to, you know, uh, uh, have a challenge with that for seven hours in the day. You know, it's only for 35, 30, whatever it is. Yeah, even if it's an hour long, even if it's an hour long, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, but that's just, and here's the other thing. They want, in most cases, most of those people want to be there. Whereas when you're in school, whether it's a private school or public school, as a teacher, you know, listen, they, they, some of those kids don't want to be there, but they 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 have to be there. Right. And you have right. you have to you have you have to deal with them. Yeah. Well, and I have that. In, we have that in the martial arts sometimes too, because a parent forces their kid to go, or we convince the parent not to let their kid quit. So now we have a kid who's an unwilling participant. But you're right, though. We only have them for an hour, and and we're we're hopefully changing lives. But we don't have to have them if we choose not to. Like, okay, right. so somebody just yeah. came on the, uh, or somebody's on the call. I'm not going to name out who, who, who it is. But this person and I talked in the last week, and uh, they had to let somebody go. Right. It, it, and honestly, it wasn't even the kid's fault. It was the parent's fault. Um, right. But, we, you know, we have the option as the owner to, to not even have to uh, put yeah. up with those type of things if we choose not to do that. And that yeah. is that is a power, and I don't mean a power in a bad way. That's a, a, a power, or, or, or better maybe phrased, a choice that we have because we own the business as opposed to somebody else telling us, you know, oh, no, no, you have to deal with that person. No. Right. You know, listen, uh, this year I, I got contracted to teach PE at a, a three, four, five, and six-year-old. It's a, it's a preschool. Right. And I'm only doing it once a week. Um, have there been some challenges, challenging classes? Absolutely. But my outlook has been, you know, look, that person, they're, they're only there for 30 minutes and I'm only here once a week. Right. You know, and right. I'm getting, I'm getting paid good money. I mean, I'm getting paid, uh, I mean, I'm getting paid 75 bucks an hour to be there. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and that's nothing to sneeze at, but I, I look at it as it's my opportunity to be able to see if I can change that individual. You know, it is the funniest thing. Yeah. The funniest thing is now they've learned that I always do the front line. Their helper does the second line, uh, and there's about 10 students in each line. My helper, which is one of my instructors, does the third line, and their, their helper, their other helper does the fourth line. So there's anywhere from, let's say, uh, you know, 30 to 40 kids in each of those PE classes. Well, guess what? Since I do the front line, they've maneuvered those kids when they bring them in. Where do you think they've maneuvered them? Right, to the, to front, be in the line. front line. Absolutely. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, we're putting him in your line today. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. whatever. Because they know that I, you know, I, 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 am, I am good at what I do. I can't, right. I can't solve everybody's problem, and right. I can't make every kid listen, but there are a ton of, ton of students, a ton of kids that I can do that with, especially if they right. let me. <clears throat> but none of those kids have a choice. They all have to be there. And right. my whole point in saying that is in our school – those kids and those students, in most cases, have a choice, and they choose to be there. And so right. 
that's even better than a private school because sometimes you right. think private schools are better than public schools. Some people do, right? Mm -hmm. But that's even better than a private school where we have that opportunity to be able to change that person's life. Right. Yeah, no doubt, dude. We're so lucky. I mean, um, we could go on and on and on. And I just think that quite often my only reminder or takeaway from this entire call would be that instructors who are listening or listen in the future is to um, – realize how lucky you are. Sometimes we have to continually, in this negative world that we live, the negative society that we have, where uh, everything is about, it seems like anything that is in media, right, that, that we see every day, whether it be news, uh, television, radio, internet, YouTube, whatever, there's always some negative spin on it, right? So people are becoming more and more pessimistic because they're just used to being like that, right? And it's a, it's it's funny because that's how they're raised now. Even the younger generation is raised not to trust the older generation, right? Because they're, you know, they they ruin the world for them, you know. Like it's just this real. So I I just think that we have to really take the time to remind ourselves how lucky we are on a daily basis to be able to teach the martial arts, change lives, and just to live the lifestyle that we live. Because, you know, if we remind ourselves that every, that every day, we're going to have an incredible time every time we go to our school. We have what an Absolutely. outlook we will have, right? And it's so important. Yes. Yeah, and that's kind of where we began the call, where you're looking at me today and I'm dressed up and, and what have you. You know, uh, Zig Ziglar, I'd always said that if you're feeling down, dress up. Right. You know, I don't feel down today. Uh, I felt like I wanted to dress up, but it's a rainy, crappy day outside. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to look good today. You yeah. Know? And, and, and I walked in this morning, and my instructor, one of my instructors was there working the desk, and, and uh, he says, you look good today. He goes, uh, feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I feel great. I mean, like, he knew. He knew, right? The right. other thing is the, the words that we decide to use, and, and, I'll, and I've mentioned this on a call before, but I'll bring us back to this, uh, and here's what I mean is that um, when I bought my partners out of business, I made some stupid mistakes, and I put myself in the hole because part of what I had done was the, uh, the amount of money that was in our savings account for TriStar, I used part of that. Well, I used all of it to pay part right. of them off, and then I had to get a loan for the other part. Well, the stupid thing was I didn't have cash flow, and without cash flow, your business doesn't survive, so I started using credit cards. My whole right. point in all of that to say was – even though I was in a, let's say, a dark position, financially I was in a, a horrible position, anytime uh -huh. anybody ever asked me, hey, how's the business doing? You know, or how's TriStar doing? All I, all I would say is business is booming. We're doing yeah. great. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I learned that from Zig Ziglar because he would always just say, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, like he, he, one of his phrases was, you know, when somebody asks you how you're doing, you say outstanding, but I'm improving. Or super good, but I'll right. get better. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, did he always feel outstanding? No. But his whole philosophy was, I, I'm not always going to feel miserable, too, so uh, I'm just going to tell the right. truth in advance. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting, like, uh, in our school, too, we'll say, you know, you know, how are you? And they say, great and getting better, sir. You know, like, so, you know, or we'll say, last set. They'll yell out, best set yet. You know, like, that kind of thing. So it is all about perspective. It really is. Life is about perspective. It's about perception. And someone told me once that uh, perception is reality, but that person's perception is reality. So if they feel life stinks, then their perception is going to make life stink, right? And I often say to people too, like, um, you know, I, people go, how are you? And I'm like, I can't complain. I mean, I could complain. That's what I say to them. I could, but 
then I'd have to listen to you complain. So let's just stick to the positive <laughs> stuff, right? So that, and that's really, it's really important for us to always stay on that edge. And as a business owner, as a school owner, um, we can't get caught up in the mud, right, in the negativity, because if we get caught in the mud, we will then only see things through muddy glasses, right, or muddy lenses, right? So uh, try to see it the opposite. Think of the positive stuff first. Deal with the negative stuff because you have to. But um, but always think of the good stuff, and it'll give you more energy, more uh, enthusiasm, and and you'll get better results if you look at it from that side, from the positive down rather than the negative up. Yeah, and I will say, I will say that, you know, I did I did I want to be negative uh, in during during that time, and have I ever you know had that you know since then? Absolutely, I've wanted to be negative, but I right. chose I chose to. Um, Tell the truth in advance. Right. Right. Tell the exactly. truth in advance. You know, and, and nowadays, you know, people ask me, you know, how are you doing? And I'll say, I'm doing good. How are you? And they say, oh, I'm doing good. And I say, well, actually, I'm doing better than good. I just want to make you jealous. Yeah, right. There you go. That's, that's, yeah. And so I've come up with phrases, and this is based upon what Zig Ziglar had taught, but I come up with phrases that I'm going to respond back to what people say to me. So that I don't get caught into going, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't want to know what's going on with me or, or whatever right. it is. I, I, right. I, I respond with those phrases. Now, are there certain people in my life that, that I can, you know, um, like, uh, I like I like what uh, Keith Hafner always said is manage disclosure. There right. are some people that I can disclose more to. Right. But I need to learn how to manage my disclosure. And there's right. people that you just, you don't do that to, right? Yeah. And so um, um, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, school owners know that, uh, you know, we, we have our ups and downs. And, and sometimes, yeah. like the dark periods that you talked about, sometimes those are actually years, right? Right. Where, where you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to go and teach another class. And, and we're looking at the things that, uh, incorrectly. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to do that call today with regards to that we have the best profession in the world. Yeah. Do we as individuals get emotional from time to time? Absolutely. Do we have our highs and do we have our lows? Undoubtedly. But that still doesn't change the, the fact that right. I believe and hopefully you guys as school owners believe that you have the best profession in the world. Um, and so I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you are feeling down right now, start telling the truth in advance. When right. people ask you, hey, how are things going? You just say to them, you know, think business is booming and it's getting yeah. better. Right. Because nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear that downer, right? They just don't. Hey, and, and hey. nobody is going to refer you. I was so, just going to say this. Yeah, nobody is going to refer somebody to you that, that if you're just a complainer. And if you're looking for a pity party, you know, uh, uh, Zig Ziglar always used to say that, uh, uh, you know, not, not a lot of people come to pity parties and those that do don't bring presents. Right. And you know, you know what, that's, you know, it's very true. And I see a lot of this on social media where people are really putting way too much of their personal life out there, talking way too much about, you know, negative things that are going on either in their school or whatever. And remember, no one wants to jump on a sinking ship, right? So if their perception is things are bad, business is bad, money is tight, everyone hates you, you hate them, you know, like they're not going to join in and go, hey, that's the place I want to be. So, like you said, tell the truth in, in advance. Make sure that you're painting a good picture 
And if you can't paint the rosy picture because it's not true and you don't feel comfortable, just don't say anything. Just keep on going about and find the positives and the things, the kids that make you laugh, the, the promotions that people get, the great things that are happening in your life. And, um, you know, stay positive. I once had a parent say to me, I, I can't have my kid at your school anymore um, because you're too positive. They did say that, no joke. And I said, well, I guess this is not the right place. She says, yeah, because, you know, I I just don't like this positivity. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I thought it was the wackiest thing I ever heard. But, you know, looking back at that person, they were so negative. They were so, you know, like they were like the emos of that generation, right? Or it's always emotional, always angry, always upset about something. They wanted to – they weren't happy unless they were unhappy. And you want to get as far from those people as possible, right? The drama that's out there, you got to get rid of it. Yep. Well, I used well, to cool, work dude. with a guy. Uh, I, I was going to say real quickly, I used to work with a guy when I was a, a, a meat cutter, and uh, I, I finally had enough of his negativity. And I turned to him, right. and I called him by name, and I said, you know, hey, name. I won't use his name. But I said, yeah. hey, name. I said, it, it, you know, it must be miserable being miserable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I said to him. And I'll tell you what, after that, he never, ever, ever complained to me again. Wow. So maybe that's all it took. You know, sometimes people, they don't know. Like I said, they're trained because we all we hear about is the government, the the this and that, all the the woes of society. Right. Like and my daughter, if you ever want to follow her on her webs on our Facebook page, she's not a big Facebooker, but she has a Facebook page that is a. It's Kiara A-L-B, I think it is. And uh, she's always posting the cutest videos with dogs and pets and pigs and funny things. And, you know, like her page is uplifting, right, because it's all about good stuff. She doesn't care about any of that other junk. She wants to just show cool stuff, fun stuff, stuff that makes you feel happy after you've watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I was going to say one more thing. Um, We are responsible for – where we are in life right now. Now, we may not be responsible for how we got to where we're at, meaning, you know, obviously if you had a bad upbringing and, and, and right. you know, you were beat as a kid or, or, or you know, uh, you were in an abusive relationship or whatever it is, you, you may not be responsible for where you are at right now, but you are responsible for where you are going. And so right. we as school owners need to take an inventory on, you know, where we're at currently. And if we have past things that we need to deal with, all right, deal with them. But then from here on out, take responsibility of what's happening inside of your schools, what's happening inside of yourself. Um, Your school's performance is a direct reflection of the performance of yourself. Right. And, 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 uh, I, man, that's hard pill to swallow. It really, really is because it is super easy for us to uh, blame the area that we live in, which don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, if you live in a town of, of, of only 500 people, there's no way you're going to have a 200 uh, school, a person's school. Right. There's just no way. So that right. needs to be taken into account to a certain degree. But it's easy to blame other things, sources outside of yourself, rather than looking into yourself. And so right. we need to take a really hard inventory on what's happening in our, you know, who we are, where we are in life, why we're at where we're at, and then start looking at what we can chip away to change those type of things. But I can assure yeah. you that one of the best ways, the quickest ways, is to start looking at uh, and saying things that are positive in your life. And somebody had mentioned this, uh, you know, about writing down uh, or saying, you know, things of gratitude, but it is. It's important every single night 
to, if not write it down, to think of, you know, one or two or three things that you're grateful for in that right. day that happened uh, to you so that you can go to bed and that's the last thing that you are, are thinking of. You know, as opposed to me, you know, going to bed, last thing I'm thinking of is, uh, you know, Golden Girls. You know, but... <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and listen, you know, it is true. Like, you know, um, Nicole and I watch a TV show called The Ranch. It's with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Sam Elliott. It's on Netflix. Um, it's kind of a, like the only thing I can't take, because you know I don't curse and use bad language, but the show, every other word is they drop in the F-bomb, and it's a lot of negative stuff. And, and I like the show, and it's funny, but I can only take so much of it before I start to be bothered by it. And, and it really – so, like, I've found, too, that I have to be careful with what I watch. Like, when I used to watch The Walking Dead before I'd go to bed, like, even though that it's, it didn't scare me, but it would make me think like a survivalist, and I was fighting zombies in my dreams and, you know, that kind of thing. So I have to be very careful with what I take in. Um, before I go to sleep, even if I read a business book, like I'm reading a sales book or a business book before I go to sleep, that'll keep me up at night because I, um, I'll be thinking of business in my sleep and waking up worrying about bills and, and how I'm going to grow. So I read fictional books now before I go to sleep. And sometimes I wake up at four in the morning and I, I'm wide awake and I'll start reading my book and then I fall back asleep and it's like an adventure, a James Bond thriller or something like that. So we have to remember what we take in and what we surround ourselves with and what we read and what we watch and what we listen to. It has a huge impact on our lives. You know, and the other thing as we close, I, I want to encourage the listeners, whether you're well, watching this live on Facebook or you're listening to the podcast, um, if you're watching live on Facebook, hey, do me a favor, or do us a favor, I should say, and, 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 and put in the comments, you know, some of the things that you're grateful for uh, about your business, right? Let's right. do that right now. Put that in there. And then if you're listening, to, if you're watching this later on Facebook, do the same thing. Put in there a few yeah. things that you're grateful for about the business that you're in. Now, if you're listening to the podcast, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to uh, schoolownertalk.com forward slash 202 because this is our, our 202nd call. So schoolownertalk.com forward slash 202. And then in the, in the comments on the blog there, uh, I, we just want you to, to put in a few things that you're grateful for with regards right. to the business that you're in as well. If you could do that, yeah. uh, I think it'll start us off on the right foot. Plus, maybe you're going to say some things that we didn't think about, and that'll be nice right. too. Right. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dwayne, always great talking to you. Thanks so much for being my friend and being on the call and motivating me. And and uh, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods, not really necessarily too close, but I'll be down in Illinois on the 20th. Are you flying in? Yeah, I am. I'm flying into Springfield. Air or Oh, oh, you're going to Springfield. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'll be down in Springfield. So I'll be there on that Thursday, the 21st, through the Sunday, leaving Sunday morning early, the 24th, at John Gaston's school, teaching yep, down yep. for his gathering. So he's a, he's a good guy. But too bad we're, it's a little bit of a ways from you. So, um, But maybe next time we'll coordinate and I can come and visit you. Yeah, or maybe, I don't know. I'll take a look at my schedule and see if I can make it down at all. I don't know. Oh, I don't cool. Know. All right, take a look. Awesome. Great, dude. Thank you so much. And, and I'm so happy to be on here with you and everyone who's uh, been on here with us. I'm appreciative of them. Me too. All right, Gally. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Awesome, everybody. Take care.